Using our powers of witchcraft, which are as inherent in in women and um, uh, teen witches, we're here. It's a feminine critique, episode sixty something something. Or are we at mm-hmm. seventy yet? Seventy nine. Seventy nine. No. Are, if this is episode sixty nine and I missed out on like a great joke, I'll be really upset. Oh well, who who can say? Maybe just, next one. Yeah, I get. We might have. We'll have to wait until one hundred and sixty nine. <laughs> And on our 75th birthday. Yeah, exactly. When we're in our nursing homes and yep. we were not actually recording. We just think we are. We're talking into bananas the whole time. Yep. But the, yep. the nurses just let us feel happy so they don't tell us. I have like a cat on my head. Yeah. yeah I, I've grown a cat out of my head at that point. Like it's actually <laughs> every orifice. There's just a kitten growing out of it. Uh, that's our future. I don't know about oh, yours. Uh, feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Uh, We're here today to now talk about witches. Yep. In various eras of witches. We've got 80s witches. witches. We've got 17th century witches. We've got redheaded witches and and blonde witches and all sorts of great sweaters, uh, wrap, um, bonnets. It's going to be a pretty good show. I think so. Christine, what movies are we covering today? We're covering... 1989 Teen Witch. I think it is 89, actually. You got it right. Is it? I believe so. (laughs) Um, Teen Witch feels very 80s. Uh, Just a little bit. You got that vibe? I got that vibe just a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. And then also a movie called The Witch. But, like, depending on how you see it spelled, sometimes it's two Vs. I like to call it The Vavitch. The Vavitch. That's how I say it. From, like, 2015. I, uh, I mean, festival release 2015, wide release 2016. 16. Okay. Movie that's in the theaters now, I think, still probably. I don't know how long movies stay probably. in the theaters anymore. Uh, and full disclosure, to make myself sound classy, because now when last we talked, this was back before Christine was a married woman. Yeah. Uh, I brought up Teen Witch because I had watched it for my birthday. And I'd said I was shocked and, and appalled that Christine hadn't seen it. But I said kind of like, oh, I'm going to make you see it. But then I'm like, no, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to make you, I'm not going to make the assignment. And I wasn't gonna. Okay, people. I originally said, let's do the Vivich and uh-huh. Michael Haneke's The White Ribbon. Because yeah. I'm like, you know, that's a really like has a similar tone. They're both doing some similar things. We haven't covered Haneke yet. And I've really wanted to. I think that'd be a really good pairing. But, I mean, like, White Ribbon's not streaming. Teen Witch is streaming. It got very difficult to to do the White Ribbon. So, uh, those people who are just like, oh, of course Emily picked Teen Witch. Of course she did. Simmer down Guys, now. Of course she did. Simmer down um, now. Last night, I thought it would have been fun to do um, The Worst Witch. <gasps> yeah. Or that Witches movie with, um, oh, with Angelica, Angelica Houston. Yeah. There, I mean, there were so many ways we could have gone with this one. Yeah. Uh, and really what happened was I wanted to see The Witch. I know you wanted to see The Vavitch. Yep. Uh, everybody was – people started talking about it then in a way that I found interesting was people said like, oh, there's some weird female things going on. So I'm like, ooh, you know what? We're both going to see it. Let's just fucking cover it. Um, yeah. And, and then it was challenging because there was so much to pick from. But 
It just, you know, and then we froze and got stuck with Teen Witch. We kind of did because, you know, we were short on time. Teen Witch, instant watch, 90 minutes. But we've also been asked to cover this movie, okay? Oh, good. I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for the people that aren't Teen Witches. All right. So there. All right. As long as whatever helps you sleep at night, right? (sighs) You know, your attitude I know, it's terrible. It is, because, I mean, with that attitude, you know what you're never going to be? What, a teen witch? You're never going to be the most popular girl. popular girl. That fucking song. Which is the opening song of Teen Witch. That song. Oh, the opening song. It's every song. They play it 900 times. We'll we'll get to the music. Before we we delve into the majesty of Teen Witch, Mm -hmm. Christine, you've had a a crazy month going from uh, single to newlywed. What have you been watching in all this time? Shockingly, my list is not great, but it's better than it usually is. Um, I'll go fast through it because most of the stuff sucks. (laughs) Um, well, not really. That's, that's, that's big. But some of it does. Something that sucks is a movie called Knights of Badassdom. Oh, is this the one directed by Joe Lynch? Is what? it? Maybe. Wait, wait, I don't is know. Peter Dinklage in it? Yeah, Peter Dinklage is okay. in it. See, uh, I, Joe Lynch. Jason Stackhouse from True Blood. Yeah, it's a really good cast. He has talked about this movie and said basically that, like, they had a grand plan and their funding got cut halfway through it and they had all these problems. But I will give a shout out to Joe Lynch, who also directed Wrong Turn 2, which is wonderful. Joe Lynch used to work at the video store that I used to go to in Medford, New York. Oh, my 112 God. video, still standing. <laughs> I just didn't like this movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for me. Gotcha. Was it just not funny for you? It, well, it, you know what? It's not as bad as this next movie I'm about to talk Ooh, about. Okay. But um, it I could see why people would think it was funny because it was like it was paced fine and it was entertaining enough. But I just, it, I was like, there, this is not holding my interest for like personal reasons, not okay. for necessarily quality reasons. Um, so Hot Tub Time Machine Two is a terrible movie. I didn't like the first one very much. I didn't. I didn't like the first one either. So I don't know why I sat down and watched this. Yeah, curiosity. I guess, and it was. It's streaming on one of them, Hulu, maybe. Okay. And I just was bad. Like, I'll just put it on, right? You know why not? Yeah, what kind of what could it hurt? It could be interesting. Could be entertaining. I like Adam Scott. Nah, wasn't good. That's that's crummy. Um, so I red boxed Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I heard terrible things. It there was so much good about it, ah. and yet it still managed to fall flat in so many ways. Interesting. So I tweeted about it, and then one of the screenwriters tweeted back at me. I didn't even tweet at him. And I just tweeted, like, there, please explain this movie to me. Like, why does it seem so disjointed? So his story is that he got a script, and he, there were things about this script or this treatment or this thing that he got that the studio had to have in there. Ah. Uh. So he kind of wrote around a lot of parts, I guess. Yeah, guess guess that happens. And 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 this is the dude that he wrote like um, Paranormal Activity three, four, five maybe. Okay, so some of the good three and four I like quite a bit. 
yeah me too and then something else i really like like but his his filmography i was like oh well, i like this guy so it's not this guy it's a good kind of education in the life of a screenwriter yeah in just that you're it is in many ways it is the least creative of any writing medium you can venture yeah. into because you're you're never writing for you you're always writing for the movie and often that involves the business end of the movie yeah, and and I and I it was a good conversation on Twitter. I think it's the first time that's ever happened. That's good. But um, there's a scene in it where it's like there's a strange misogynistic tone to it. Yeah, and it it only pops up occasionally. But there's this this scene where like a really busty like cop becomes a zombie you see her earlier it's very similar to like Shaun of the dead in that regard mm-hmm. like everyone that's a zombie you have already met okay you know um which is fine it's cute and then so you see her earlier and now she's a zombie so dude like is trying to struggle to get away or something and her her cop shirt rips open and she has no bra on at all well cops don't wear bras christine why would they wear well, anything mean, tank top come on t-shirt a criminal so, can take that bra and strangle the cop with it. So therefore, it. yeah, it's like not allowed in, in cop cop wardrobe, I believe. So she's like, like it's a leering long yeah. shot of just her chest. So I think I called that out in one of my tweets, and he said, "Oh, that was in the script in the studio and wanted to keep it." So I had so, I had one of the other characters pull a zombie's dick off, which he does. That okay. does happen. So he was at least trying to keep it balanced. That's nice of him. I know. I appreciate. You yeah. know, it wasn't. It wasn't awesome, but I, I appreciate what he tried to do. Yeah, I, I'm glad I learned about that conversation. Hmm. Yeah, you should. I mean, I don't. I don't not recommend it. If I it streams at some point, I might watch it. Yeah, we paid like two bucks. Yeah. Now like, I am curious after your conversation. So. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. and some things are just so right, and then you're like, wait a second, mm. this feels like a whole different movie. Gotcha. Eh. Um, so I red boxed again. Crazy, I know. Um, Sicario. Oh, okay. Sorry. I've heard good things. Emily Blunt movie. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was, Yeah, it was pretty good. The. The director is the dude that who, who did that enemy movie, right? With, and uh, prisoners also, which I haven't seen either of them yet. Which I have not seen. Yeah, me neither. But I really like enemy. Um, it was good. It was moody and atmospheric and really pretty. And Emily Blunt's great. Yeah, it's Roger Deakins cinematography, I believe. Oh, really? Nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Oh, I didn't pay much attention to anything about this movie. I just thought, like, oh, this could be good. It's not really my genre, like mm-hmm. my subject. Yeah, matter. mine neither. Usually. Um, but there was enough in it to get me there, and I liked it. Cool. Um, we decided to rewatch the Blade trilogy. Okay. But we, we only did one and two. I haven't so, done three so yet. Just decided to watch the good Blade trilogy. I say that. But I'm I, lying. I haven't seen Blade 3. I always think I have, oh, but I haven't. I borrowed oh, it from Erica wait. for about two years, and I never watched it. Oh, well, I mean, I don't have many fond memories about it, but the whole point is, like, the bad guy in it is Dominic Purcell. Okay, Wait, I, I get really, confused with Dominic Cooper and Adam. Uh, I uh, wait, not McNulty the, from The Wire. He was the prison break guy. Prison break. Oh yeah, I get him confused with nine other guys named Dominic. Dominic yeah. West, not Dominic West. I don't care. No, not Dominic West. Okay. Um. So, 
he's in a show that I really like, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I don't really like DC stuff, but I really like this show. Anyway, he's in that, so I was like, oh, we should watch Blade 3. And then I was like, no, we can't watch Blade 3 until we watch Blade 1 and 2. And then we never got there. So, so <laughs> Blade maybe 1 and 2 are good, though. I like Blade a lot. I worked at a movie theater too. when that came out, so I used to – that was that and Ever After were the movies I used to, like, on my break, sneak in and watch. Yeah, I, I think Blade's great. I used to really enjoy yeah. it, and it's still – I still find stuff. It's in it almost that I underrated because when Blade Two came out and it's Guillermo del Toro, people now talk about Blade Two and nobody talks about Blade anymore. But I like really, Blade. yeah. I no, feel like everybody see. talks about Blade Two and nobody talks about Blade. Blade Two is really good, but yeah. I mean, I, I like I like Blade a yeah, lot. It, underrated. It's one of those one of those early movies I saw. Like one of those movies I saw of my own volition. Like I was that age and I yep. was like, I'm I can going tell to you, choose it would have been ninety eight when that came out. So. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing we watched is a rewatch of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, fun. Just because I realized it's we had the Blu-ray and I've never watched it on Blu-ray. Good. That's a fun yeah, one. I like it. I like it. Uh, I have a weird mix. Um, okay. All right. Let me see. So I was going to watch a couple of things I'd recorded off of TCM. Uh, one of which was Cover Girl, which I think is from like 1949, maybe? It's Gene Kelly and Rita Hayworth. Mm-hmm. And it's very early Gene Kelly to where I think this was like the first movie they really let him dance and it did well. And then studios were like, oh, we're just going to let this guy do whatever he wants, which was smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but Gene Kelly dancing is amazing. He dances with himself at one point and it's brilliant. Uh, also recorded from TCM, two, like, code, pre-code era films. Uh, one was Barbara Stanwyck in Babyface. Mm-hmm. Which, have you seen this? No. It's pretty infamous, because I think this might have been, uh, when the Hayes Code was already introduced, but that nobody was following it. So, mm-hmm. like, the rules were there, so it kind of ends in kind of a, like, unrealistically happy way. But it goes really far to where once Hayes Code was being enforced, you could never get away with some of the shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Barbara Stanwyck is a like bar owner's daughter growing up in the boonies, and her father dies, and she has this like older uh, philosopher friend who tells her and kind of says to her, you know, you say you have no power being a woman, being poor, but you don't understand. You're a woman. You're a beautiful woman. You have more power than anyone because you can make men do whatever they want. So she goes to the big city and sleeps her way to the top, and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's just literally like one scene, she is clearly has a relationship with a coworker, and the next scene, she has a, co- a relationship with his supervisor. And the next scene, the supervisor gets caught with her, and the supervisor's boss says, like, well, you know, we can't have this here. The next scene, she seduced that supervisor. A young John Wayne has a cameo in it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's, again, it kind of ends in a kind of disappointing way, but you can kind of take that with a grain of salt and just say, ah, they had to do that to get it released, but this is scandalous. Like, I felt, I was blushing watching it. Like, there's a lot of innuendo. I mean, there's Uh, no nudity, because they didn't show nudity, per se. Oh, that's funny. But there is so much sex, and it was a fun watch, and Barbara Stanwyck Stanwyck is owning it. Um, also from that era, and this I think was right before one of the movies that really tipped uh, the industry into We Need a Code, was the story of Temple Drake. 
I think from 1931 or so. This mm-hmm. is based on a William Faulkner novel, which I really like, called Sanctuary. Uh, and that novel's very gritty and gross, and it's kind of mm-hmm. about this um, southern judge's daughter who gets uh, kind of mixed up with these kind of backwoods people, and she is raped and then kind of kind of get prisoner, kind of shell-shocked and stays prisoner. And it is a really good book that's very atmospheric. The movie was okay. Uh, I wanted the movie to go further. I wanted it to be darker. Again, it has a redeems a character who doesn't get redeemed in the book. Um, so it was interesting as a piece of history, but it didn't do as much for me as I wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else did I watch? Um, a movie that I know you couldn't get through, but that I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it into the woods oh yeah oh I also watched oh sorry my microphone's up I also watched Dress to Kill I didn't write it down oh fun you because you've seen it before probably seen it before but I got the Criterion there it is the Criterion Blu-ray and the only version I've ever seen of it um was really poor (laughs) so I was excited to see a better quality version and i like that movie a lot um dress to kill i'm suddenly wondering if i'm getting the right one dress to kill is michael kane yes okay yes yeah that's Um, a good one has that long sequence that that stalking sequence so yes it's great and into the woods reminded me of it because into the woods is awful (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding well here's the thing i knew it wasn't for me the second i started it i said oh no i'm i'm not the target i mean we've talked about musicals before into the woods is a pure film musical if you are one of those people that really 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 says i hate musicals and actually means it then no into the woods is not right for you uh, I was really surprised by how much I liked it because of two things. One, I have lost faith in Rob Marshall because as much as I like Chicago, then I saw Nine and saw thought of him kind of as a one-trick pony because he basically tried to do the same thing in Nine and it fell on its face and it was embarrassing to watch. Um, and also, I Into the Woods is one of my favorite shows. I really love it. I used to watch – there's a – recording of the original production with Bernadette Peters that I used to watch in college all the time. So I know mm-hmm. the show really well. And I knew that to make it a film, I knew they were going to change some things and cut some things. And there were all these stories about how they were going to kind of wimp out on some of the things that happen. And the movie does, but it makes perfect sense where in this is spoiling, but not really in the stage production, Rapunzel dies, gets squashed by a giant and everybody was saying, oh, well, that's not going to happen in a Disney movie because Rapunzel is is essentially Disney tangled property. And you're right. It doesn't happen in the movie, but it shouldn't happen in the movie. Tonally, it wouldn't have made sense in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Emily Blunt was really good. Uh, I love her. And I've always liked her in this. I thought it was a really interesting performance because it was one of those performances where – like her kind of like she's shown through and to me acting in a musical like this has to be kind of tough because you're lip syncing most of it um but there was something about her that was really watchable and charismatic that really helped the film i think mm-hmm. chris pine was fantastic and hilarious i uh, like him too 
Oh, and he's having so much fun. He's kind of doing like the James Marsden thing. Like when James Marsden is on in a good comedic role for him, like that's what Chris Pine's doing in this. And it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if you're like me and you were like reluctant to watch it, maybe because you thought it wouldn't be good to the musical, then definitely give it a go. Cause it was surprisingly satisfying. Uh, so I was very happy with it. I was shocked by how much I enjoyed it. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, the, if it's for you, yes. like... If you're a musical person, definitely watch it. Yeah. Uh, Brandon also was like, I don't want to say my husband teared up at one point, but No One Aww. Is Alone is a really touching song. Uh, I wish I liked it. What's up? Wish I liked it. I know. I And I get it, man. I get it. It's okay. You don't have to. But if you're a musical person, I think everybody should give it a go. Hmm. Uh, you know, along the same lines, I decided to watch Blue Ruin. Same exact thing. Same exact movie. Uh, just without the music and with more, um, vengeance killing. Hmm. This, have you seen this? No. This is, uh, the director who just made the movie that hasn't come out yet, but that people are talking about, The Green Room. Yeah. I, uh, I know people colors. really... I know people really like this yeah, movie. Yeah, people, but... been, people have been talking up the green room, too. Uh, yeah. I watched this one. I have had this and Blue Caprice on my Netflix Instant Queue forever, and I didn't watch them because I knew they were both depressing, and yeah. I knew I was going to get them confused, but Blue Ruin was going off of Instant Watch, so I crammed it in. Uh, it kind of reminds – it's essentially like shotgun stories, but a little more grisly. Ooh. I like and that. Shotgun Story is fantastic. This kind of feels along those lines. It's also about uh, this guy who the man who murdered his parents years ago has been released from prison. So he he is kind of planning on getting vengeance and then kind of needs needs to get vengeance to protect his sister and her family. So it's just kind of this very focused story about this very mild-mannered guy going to get revenge on these kind of backwoods, this hard-drinking family. It's good. It's it's a heavy watch. It's not feel yeah. by any means, but it really sounds well like done. it is. Yeah, and Buzz from Home Alone is in it, and he's all grown up, and it's weird. Uh, on Amazon Prime, a movie that I had wanted to check out for a long time because the cover was a broken doll head, and it was set in a funhouse, and it was 2006's Dark Ride with Jamie Lynn Siegler and Patrick Renna from The Sandlot. Uh-huh. Have you ever seen this? Ew. Right? Like, because you've seen the poster. It was, it's was. it been one of those movies that, like, I know. Always... I wouldn't see that. But you've, you've heard, it was one of the eight films to die for back when they used to do that. I don't know if they still do that. Uh, it What's was it called again? Dark Ride. <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's a slasher oh, set in a fun house. It's really not good. Well, obviously, <clears throat> um, it's for you. Yeah. Uh, it's not good for the reason of... Um, it does a thing that we'll talk about when we get to the, the Vivitch, how <laughs> you can make your movie really interesting by not making it about teenagers, or you could make your movie really standard, not that interesting, by making it about teenagers. Uh, and Dark Ride is just about awful teenagers who get trapped in a dark ride and... The same night that a uh, mangled, mutilated, sadistic murderer escapes from a mental asylum and goes back to his killing grounds and kills them, it doesn't know what its tone is. It tries to be serious. It tries to be funny. Ashley Tisdale's sister is in it, and she ain't no Ashley Tisdale. Uh, Ashley Tisdale, and that's it. Uh, who has been rumored to be, at one point, was attached to a Teen Witch remake. And I would have gone to see that. But anyway. 
Uh, yeah, this wasn't very good, but I don't know. I wanted to see it for years and disappointed eventually. Um, a movie that I don't know what to describe it as, but uh, I, I no, I can describe it. That's a lie. Easily, when you're talking about if somebody ever asked you, Christine, what is the best film ever made about a dolphin being accidentally trained to kill the president? Really, there's only one choice for that, which is Day of the Dolphin. Oh my god, is that a thing? Day of the Dolphin is is easily the best movie ever made about George C. Scott accidentally training a dolphin. And he accidentally did it. Yeah, he's not training it to kill the president. He's training it to talk. But then... um, Kills the president. Bad guys hijack the dolphin and uh, put a bomb on it and are trying to get it to assassinate the president. Uh, I mean, the thing about this movie is it really does make you realize how fucking good an actor George C. Scott is, because there are not many actors who could sell that well. But you're watching this movie and you believe that George C. Scott has accidentally trained this dolphin to kill the president. Wow, very convincing, I guess. They don't make them like this. Directed by, I think, um, was it Mike Nichols? Like, this wasn't, like, Teen Witch. Like, this was a real movie. Uh, It's weird. Uh, okay, a few more on... Where did you see that? Uh, somebody mentioned it on Gentleman's Guide. <clears throat> oh, somebody okay. in the Facebook group had put that synopsis out there, and I thought it was a joke, and then I realized, no, this is a real movie. <laughs> yeah, it sounds I like need it right now in my life. And I and Paul, Paul Sorvino's in it, and he has hair. Oh, well, that's interesting. Like a lot of hair. That itself, weird. Uh, okay, a f- just a few more. One being... Um, uh, a movie that that made me cry. I have not Aww. laughed so hard I cried with a movie in a long time. Um, but I watched on Amazon Prime. Uh, again, as I've said, they have quite a few late '80s, early '90s made-for-TV movies. Mm-hmm. One of them being "In Defense of a Married Man." All right, all right, starring Judith Light from "Who's the Boss?" Okay, and Jerry Orbach. Uh, so Judith Light is a lawyer, like high-powered attorney, discovers her husband has been cheating on her, and the woman he's been cheating on her with has been murdered. What? And it looks like he did it. And her son, Jonathan Galecki, isn't much of a help. Uh, so this is, uh, to, to say this is a 90s or, it's a 1990 movie, the opening credits start, and there's a sexy saxophone solo. And then guess what? The sexy saxophone soloist gets a credit in mm-hmm. the opening credits. It says saxophone solos by the guy who plays the saxophone. So you get saxophone. You get the the decor of this movie because it's like rich people, 1980s. So their house is has like that gold trim on everything. Uh, and it's it's amazing. I had a very hard time getting through it because I was enjoying myself so much. And then the great thing was I went to mm-hmm. Amazon or IMDb to read reviews of it. And there's like one user or viewer review. And it's just the greatest thing ever written because the viewer is like, I really thought this was a great movie. Judith Light's really good. Oh, it looks like IMDb is telling me this has to be 10 sentences long. You should see this movie. They don't make movies like this anymore. Maybe it just, I just started crying as I read the review and watched the movie that somebody gave this movie nine stars and loved it so much that they created an account on IMDb to write a review of it. 
so weird. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, you should watch it. Everybody should watch it. I can't commit to that. You should. Just a few more. One uh, movie that I'd always meant to see but hadn't gotten to. For your height only, you can find this on YouTube. Uh, this is the, um, I guess, uh, Philippine version of a James Bond movie. Okay. Starring Wang Wang. Oh, I do know that. Nine, uh, action star. So I review. I watched this because I was on Mad Bad Downright Strange Showcase podcast with Richard. We covered this and dolls. So that Yay. I'll let you know when that comes out. I don't think he's released it yet. But so, and I'd always meant to watch this. I got to watch it. It's zany. It's crazy. Uh, the some of the action's pretty decent because Wang Wang could new martial arts and could sell action well. But this is just bizarre and terrible and amazing. And it's on YouTube. It's ninety minutes. Do yourself a favor and watch it. Uh, two more, one being also Amazon Prime, also discussed quite a bit in the internet. This was 2015's Bone Tomahawk. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I think you should. It's pretty darn good. I liked it. I had a li- It was one of those movies I watched in like three parts, so I didn't mm-hmm. get that full experience of the built, like real buildup. So when it ended, I was like, oh, that's over now. But it's pretty good. It's it's a well-made Western. It's a great cast. You got Patrick what Wilson, if you don't Russell. like Westerns? Uh, I feel like it's still worth it because it's a Western in that it is set in the Old West. Okay. right. So it's set in, in the 1890s or so. People wear cowboy hats and mustaches and carry guns. But it is not about townspeople and gunslingers it's about patrick wilson's wife has been kidnapped by sav a savage tribe who are cannibals and do terrible things and they have to go find her so it's more like about how much it would suck if you broke your leg in the 1890s oh okay i can kind of get yeah, into and that, it gets but... pretty brutal like once you actually get to the violence it's kind of like Whoa, oh my oh oh so that was my real reaction when I watched it. Oh, it's, you're you're a damsel. I, I am quite, quite one. Uh, the last movie I would like to mention, um, my God, my God, this movie. Aragon Lifetime, made for Lifetime, I believe. I learned about this from the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast, which everybody Good should podcast. check out. Good podcast. Uh, oh, my. Eric Roberts stalked by my doctor uh, i don't know that i the last time like i watch a lot of lifetime movies remember like i killed my bff all of those yeah this might have been the most over-the-top lifetime movie i've ever seen bullshit really dude <laughs> dude the very first really? scene eric roberts has is just the biggest creep ever and his whole thing is that, like, he's a do- he's like the world's greatest cardio surgeon, but he's unlucky in love. So he keeps dating women from Match.com, and like in the very first date, he'll be like, "So let's go away. We can get married at my cabin in Hawaii, and you can live there, and you'll have to quit your job, of course." And they're like, "Ah, move it a little too fast." And then he freaks out. He's like, "Well, I'm unfriending you." Actual line in the movie. There's this running theme of American Girl dolls. Uh... It, he goes Ugh. for it. It is so 
inappropriate because basically he operates on this 17 year old girl and saves her life and before anyone mm-hmm. even talked to her he operates on her saves her life the next scene she's unconscious in the hospital because she's got like her ivs in them and he goes over to her and he kisses her on the lips when she is out of it Oof. and then of course he falls madly in love with her and gets really creepy and the mom immediately is like oh, okay the doctor is a little like i'm uncomfortable with this and the dad is like no he's the greatest doctor in the country our daughter's gonna have to learn how to deal with things like this your 17 year old daughter has to learn how to deal with her doctor trying to rape her this is amazing christine it's so i good. mean is it? Though? I have not cackled so hard since In Defense of a Married Man, but I think I cackled more with this one. Mm-hmm. I it it just goes places, and you think it's not going to go there, and it goes there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you should. Do I it. mean, maybe I do guess? it. Yes, we're doing it. Okay, great. Our next our next episode will be stalked by my doctor. Mm-hmm. It won't be. I'm not that mean. But no, oh. everybody should watch it. Seriously. Well, is it easy to get? I don't know. I didn't check that. It was airing on Lifetime, so it might not be yet. Lifetime okay. movies are weird. There's like a Lifetime movie app where you can watch like eight, but they only put a few movies on there that you can watch. So mm-hmm. it might end up there. It might end up on Instant Watch. I don't know, but keep your eye out for it. Mm-hmm. It'll entertain you. I promise. I promise. All right. All right. All right, so on that note, uh, I guess we should take a break and feather our hair, um, put on our ballerina skirt, some sneakers. So we're doing the bitch first, right? Well, yes, yes. I did think that was a little weird because for all of that movie's authenticity, the fact that the characters um, wear denim jackets with lots of buttons, I thought that was that was an odd choice. I it seems strange, right? Just a little bit. Took me out of it just a bit. Uh, But we'll come back and we're going to talk about 1989's Teen Witch. I'm king, and they know it. When I snap a finger, everybody say, sure, I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot, top that. Want to bet? No, I'm not in the mood. (laughs) Oh my god. You can do it to you, but you will never talk back. Let's go back the other way. No, just, just go up and then talk to him. Are you kidding? I'm so embarrassed. Look at how funky he is. I will never be hip. I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Talk back. was not so different from 2016 would you say Mm -hmm. no exactly the same i mean you had teenagers who were like maybe a little geeky and maybe a little feeling frustrated that nobody took them seriously or treated them like an adult or bought them cool low-cut dresses with puffy sleeves it's really a story for our times when we talk about 1989's teen witch Mm -hmm. a movie i have seen more than once not just because of me being who i am but also because i had an older sister who this movie was targeted at hard in 1989 uh 
Because when you look at the character in this movie and the way she dresses, that is how my older sister dreamt of dressing. It This was... This is pure teen fantasy. The way Adventures in Babysitting kind of was in its own way. Uh, 1989's Teen Witch. Christine, tell me what Teen Witch is about. Yeah, two witches that I didn't have any relationship with. Yes. Right. What is Teen teen Witch about? (sighs) Well, I mean, it's all right there in the title, isn't it? To an extent, yeah. I mean, it's about a teen witch. Um, Well, she doesn't start out as a witch. So she starts out with actually a really cool best friend and a really nice wardrobe, and maybe she should just be grateful for what she has. She has very nice parents. Her parents are nice, and one of them is I Dream of Jeannie's friend. And, and one of them yeah, is wait, 95 no, years old. Friends. Bewitched his friends. Oh, yes. I didn't catch that. Oh, wait. So, yeah, okay. So her dad is um, one of the um, Darrens on Bewitched. Dick Sargent. And he's like 95 in this movie. I didn't know why I said, maybe I'm thinking about I Dream of Jeannie for some reason. Um, oh, you know why? Because they wear those lovely clips that make them look like they have little genie ponytails. <laughs> I, I have the movie on mute in the background right now, and she's wearing one right now as we talk. Ugh, wow. Well, you know, the chances were pretty solid. Um, so she is about to turn 16. She wants so much more out of her high school life. And so much maybe she's about to get it <gasps> because she finds out she's a witch that gets reincarnated over and over and over again. Because Zelda Rubenstein also. Because this movie could be summed up as because Zelda Rubenstein. Kinda. Um, so I hated it. <laughs> um, the music was awful, but I couldn't stop I don't know if you could hear it. That's the sound of my heart breaking. I could not stop singing it, though. I'm gonna be the, be most, the popular most popular girl. girl. You hated it? I didn't like it. You didn't have fun with it? Um, I mean, she was, like, really entitled. And, like, some some of the... There was a... I liked her brother. Oh, my God. Let's talk about the brother. Her, her brother was my favorite part. So you recognize the brother. From Near Dark, right? Near Dark. Yeah, it is jo- Jason, jo- Josh, Joshua John Miller, son of Jason Miller. Also in Near Dark, and cl- and I knew him first from Class of 1999. Okay. Uh, now, in a in a couple of words, how would you describe Joshua John Miller's in this perform in performance in this movie? What's um, he going for? Channeling Mae West. <laughs> channeling Mae West with an eating disorder. Yeah. <laughs> jo- Joshua John Miller was given two notes on this movie. One. <laughs> Yeah, Channel Mae West and or talk like a 1940s gangster. The other, (laughs) your motivation in this movie is food. Yeah. You love food and you want to eat food every minute of food. He eats a lot of food in this movie. He's he's really funny. I wish he had been in it like, you know, 20% more. Um this movie okay so there are things about it that i found entertaining as terrible as the music was it was really catchy it's really catchy um and there were so many cringeworthy things though like all the raps what 
Same here. You don't like white men rapping in the night in the, the late eighties? It, it made me so uncomfortable. You don't like a rap off, a magically induced rap off? Made me really uncomfortable, and I thought her friend was really cool, and I didn't like how she ditched her. And then her clothes got the teen witch. That is the right. teen witch's clothes got so stupid, and she did. She looked pretty cool before that. In Girl, my this is the eighties. That teen witch was not cool until she teen witched. And then, like, she went to a dance, and like the dude was that she went with was super rapey, and she made him disappear, but his glasses stayed there. And he never Which comes back, sense, right? The cousin never comes back. Um, what else happened in this movie? So she... Well, okay, so Zelda Rubenstein. No, he doesn't. Uh, what's that? He doesn't come back, right? It's like, have you seen my cousin? No. Yeah, and they never do no, again. He's gone. Yeah. No, and they do now. In fairness, they do say that when you're a young teen witch, your your spells wear off quickly. But I don't know. I think the cousin is lost in the ether in a wormhole, along with. Did you catch how? So her she has two teachers that are worth talking about. One is Mrs. Krabappel yeah. from The Simpsons. Yay! May she rest in peace. Oh, and she's so good, and just one she's, of those actresses yeah. that you just as soon as you hear her talking, you're just like, oh, she's. That voice and warmth and everything. Uh, but the other teacher is essentially like a sadist. Yeah. So she's got the stereotypical strict teacher that when he catches a student passing a note, he takes the note and reads it out loud, even if it's the most embarrassing thing you can do to a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you notice when he's teaching, he's got a classroom but it's not a classroom. It's like a blackboard. And behind that blackboard is just black space. Yeah, I did notice that. Right? He's it's like, he's got a ton of bookshelves behind him, but then yeah, that's it. It's, it's like, it. it's like he's on a rised platform. Yeah, or like at the edge of the universe. Yeah, it's or weird. The, if you've ever seen Cube, it's like the entrance to the cube, maybe. Of, of course I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, so that's there, and it's not explained. It's just there. Um, the uh, I really so now we, to show how so it's Robin Lively is playing the Teen Witch. Yes, now she is in she is in Twin Peaks. Oh, I didn't know that she yes. is. Uh, she was on that show Savannah, if you remember. I don't know. She is knows. also. Do you know who she was related to? Blake Lively. She is Blake Lively's half sister. Yeah. And also the, which makes her the half-sister of the guy who was in the Butterfly Effect too. Uh, so one way or another, I'm going to get all those lively siblings in my yep. Um The, so like the first thing we see her do kind of is like, you know, she's nerdy. She's the Latin club president and stuff. And she auditions for the school play. And it's this great scene of they audition and as soon as she finishes her audition, immediately, Mrs. Krabappel says, okay, I'm announcing the cast. The lead yep. is played by the boy. The lead girl is played by the popular girl, not you. And the assistant costume designer is going to be Teen Witch. Mm-hmm. That's the cast? <laughs> it's just the kind of movie that somebody said, oh, we need to get the information that she's the costume uh, master in this scene. Okay, how do we get that in there? Oh, just just have Mrs. Krabappel say it. It makes no sense, but it's great. Um, yeah, it's it's this movie only exists to the like. There's only five people actually in it, right? No, you're, you're right. 
even like, like the no, popular nobody girls. else does anything or shows up anywhere. No, or... like there's the popular, like main popular bitch girl who it just kind of disappears very quickly, yeah. right? Because she teen witches herself and steals the boyfriend. And it's never really a conversation of like, oh no, but he was actually dating this other girl. Like, nope, she's gone because it's important now that you're made for you. It is the definition of a wish fulfillment movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, aimed exclusively at that teenage girl demographic. And therefore, you know, you have some of these characters purely to help our lead get all of her other, you know, to to make that teenage girl watching this say, oh my god, I want I want that to be me. Um, it's, I think it's amazing. But I'm me. It opens with essentially a bad karaoke video. Well, that you, I don't... Right. Oh, so bad. It's, if you've ever gone to a karaoke bar where they have the videos that all seem to be like filmed in Eastern Europe in the 1980s, that's what the opening scene feels like. It's just a music video, but done in this like MTV mm-hmm. slow motion fog. Amazing. AKA, I would say. And I know I'm not And it just, that. just goes. It goes on and on, on and on. Oh, it's like 90 minutes. Come on now. 90 glorious minutes. Uh, among those minutes are songs, original songs. Uh, one of, so let, let's go through some of the supporting cast. So we've got, um, uh, well, that's something. All right. Let's jump in. Yeah. Christine was just telling me off air that she was lying the entire time and she actually loved this movie. No, I didn't she say was. that. She's totally lying now. Uh, so, the, yeah, we're never really explained the whole reincarnating thing or what. Because does her mother have this ability? No, because it's got to be on her yeah. father's line. So, is her father magic? We don't know. The movie, again, it knows but, that the 16-year-old girl in 1989 isn't asking that question. So, it has no desire to answer it. But I was asking it because Zelda Rubenstein busts out a book and says, look, this is you, and, I, and you're, you're, you're right next to me, and I remember it all, but you don't remember any of it. What? And then Zelda Rubenstein also says, I was 16 four times. Yeah, so why doesn't this broad remember anything? It's a good question. Uh, Zelda Rubenstein is also better than everything. Oh my god, she's so, so drunk in this movie. She is drunk, and it's beautiful, and she's having a blast. She gets to wear a great hat. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I adore Zelda Rubenstein. She was an awesome human being. Uh, she fought for gay rights, for little people's rights. She was just badass and had a great sense of humor, and I adore her. Uh, and in this movie, she's just she's having a good time, and I dig that. Uh, you had to have dug Rhett, or not Rhett, yeah, Rhett, the uh, head rapper. Oh, he was weird. He made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. The best thing is I, I looked him up la- later because I'm like, oh, I'm curious. Like, what else was he in? He, and he actually has worked quite a bit. Nothing major to where you'd recognize him, but he does work consistently. Yeah. And what else is awesome? I saw that too because he looked familiar. So guess, guess what else is really great about that actor? What? He's my birthday buddy. Oh really? His birthday, February well, it must be amazing. So now every every year I get older, I'm going to say to myself, "I wonder what Rhett's doing." 
I'm wondering birthday if this bowling. birthday tops that. <sighs> so cringeworthy. Uh, the other um, thing I really want to mention. Well, two things, actually. So does Louise have sex with the guy? This is that era. It's 1989. I don't know if this was PG or PG-13. I can't remember when PG-13 came out. Um, but it's like that era where it's clearly aimed at, you know, again, 16-year-old girls. Yeah, I don't know. It was pretty intense. Yeah, right? I feel like today you would not have had a scene where Louise and her boyfriend, that's her boyfriend because she has him under a spell, go to an abandoned house in the middle of the woods and she takes her shoes off and they lay down and they start making out and it kind of cuts away. Yeah. Did it imply sex? I don't know. It, they were really going at it, though. I agree. It kind of felt like they did it. It really did. I mean, we get a very random, unnecessary, padding out the running time joke with a teacher having to teach sex ed. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that was supposed to be something. Um, but let's talk about the scene where she first decides she's going to seduce him or give him love potion Mm -hmm. and the whole thing is he has to be sitting on her bed and she has to what like spill something on him and say a magic word but so she arranged that he's going to come over to her house and study with her um so he walks into her bedroom because that's where they're going to study that's fine and first thing he (laughs) says is where are the chairs this, this this chair bit is really funny. It's amazing. So she's like, oh, I don't have chairs. We have to sit on my bed. And he's like, okay. And then a mother walks in. She's like, oh, hi, Louise. Do you want anything to drink? Oh, hi. Hey, where did all the chairs go? And then so weird. a minute later, the brother walks in. And, he, and of course, he's like eating a sandwich. And he's like, sandwich, sandwich, sandwich. Chairs? And then the dad comes in, and again, he's like, we're missing all the chairs. And finally, she gives up and, and opens up her closet. And there's a chair right in front of the door. Finally, she she opens up the closet, and there's just a stack of chairs. Like, were they hosting a wedding in the kitchen that they needed? All of these folding chairs? It's just one of those jokes that goes on so long that it's not funny that it becomes really funny it's so funny but when they open her bedroom door there is literally a chair right there (laughs) yeah you can i would love to just watch this as a drinking game and just drink every time a chair comes into play it the chair thing was really funny yeah i mean okay to say that i hated it is really strong i didn't hate it but i definitely will never watch it again i don't ever would need you to watch, watch it, it if they did like a screening at the alamo draft house with alcohol and with uh the actor who's my birthday buddy in person like i feel like this would be are you there and did you ask me to go i am going to teleport there or hologram myself there well then yeah but i would never go of my own volition uh, this, I mean, I think this is a fun, damn fun group viewing. Yeah. Like, I again, I watched it on my birthday with my husband who had never seen it, mostly so that I could watch his face as we and watched it. And he loved it. No, he, no, this is, he doesn't have the same um, bad taste level that I do. So he can enjoy a movie if I'm enjoying it. And I, that was the case here where I think it's so what the fuck of a movie that he was entertained, but it's the kind of thing he would never watch on his own. He would have given up on it on his own. But yeah. with me constantly elbowing him and saying, ah, how about those chairs? Um, it made the viewing experience better. But I'm telling you, if you're, if you're out there, listeners, sitting on the fence, thinking, all my life I've wondered if I should watch Teen Witch. 
Christine, what do you say the answer is? I think you can go the rest of your life without seeing it. I think you are going to lead a very sad rest of your life. I mean, the music is so bad Great. and so repetitive. So and there's I this like line. Boys. Oh, I like that. boys. No, I that like. Fun. And the best thing too is that's introduced as, "Hey, fellow cheerleaders, I wrote our new cheer." That's, that's not, not a cheer. cheer. It's a song. It's a song about boys. Yeah, and this and that song just goes on forever. Um, oh, so long. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, there's there's a line in a song that said like everybody every po- every cool guy needs a popular girl every cool guy needs a popular girl I like that line it's <laughs> it's a good line good good way to live of course yeah. it's also like a little bit kind of creepy rapey because yes, it's it like is. there's kind of like she's walking down the street and there's this car full of dudes rapping at her to get in the car yep and it's a little uncomfortable. Yep. I like that when she does a spell to make herself the most popular girl, there's all of a sudden banners with her name on it. <laughs> She's the most popular girl. Of course there are. Is that what they, they do? I mean, as popular? a former most popular girl, I can, uh, I can tell you, yeah, there were banners in school with my face on it. Just said Emily. It just said Emily exclamation point. Yeah, not like Emily for president or anything, nope, just your nope, name. Just Emily. Uh, it actually, and it had like the two exclamation points as if it was Spanish because I was oh, that much, nice. that, that, that great. Uh, the other thing I think that um, one can learn from this movie is if you are a teenage girl and you have a sibling, particularly a younger brother, why the fuck would you write anything down in a diary? Yeah. Right? I don't know. She made some interesting choices. Did you keep a diary when you were a teenager? Uh, I, not really. I wrote stuff down. I journaled, mm-hmm. like, stuff and wrote short stories, but not like... Like, you didn't write, like, I, never, I love that boy. Or, like, I wouldn't do it every day, and I wouldn't write, like, oh, diary. Right. This is, this is gonna change everything. Like, I never... Yeah, I actually wrote a, like, I got a diary as a gift, and I wrote something in there as a test to see if, indeed, my brother would steal it and read it. And he did, so that I never wrote anything in there again. Well, aren't you just smart? I was. I, no, I wasn't smart. I just watched a lot of movies, and all the movies mm-hmm. taught me, don't write shit in your diary if you don't want uh, to read. It's, it's true. It's kind of one of those things yeah. that, do they, are, do they live in the world where movies don't exist? That's a question. They live Maybe. in a world where chairs are a very important currency. Oh, so chair gag was funny. Oh, wait, and we're also... Chairs and food. The water thing didn't really pay off either. You're right. Yeah, there's a whole thing about how, like, water will undo her spells. And you're like, oh, it must, it's going to rain. And she's going to not be popular. exactly what I thought, yeah. But no, it doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. No. But it's still... You, you get to watch Joshua John Miller uh, leer at a cake the way Eric Roberts leers at a 17-year-old girl and stalked by my doctor. So... For it was that alone, funny. I recommend this. He was very funny. Yeah. He's he's fun, and he, he like apparently there's a quote from him saying he basically was told to go over the top, and he he just did, and he had fun with it. So good for him. Uh, how about we rate it? Okay, K quality film six. Oh, that's higher than I thought you would go. Oh, I didn't hate it. I was being hyper. 
hyperbolic. Okay, well, good. I mean, quality of film, I would probably go the same six because it's it's not good, um, but no. it's passable <laughs> and it has charming things about it that make it memorable. Uh, I watched the thing. There you go. That's something. Uh, quality of life. Mm, five? No, six. <laughs> Because I just thought to myself, I do want to say, never going to be the same again. again. Never going to be the same again. She says it so fast. I know. It's glorious. Uh, My quality of life, this makes me happy. This is a stupid, stupid movie, but man, will it cheer me up on a bad day. My quality of life on this is a 9.25, baby. Wow. This this movie that pleases me. It pleases me. Makes my day better. Yeah. So there. Well, good. I'm glad that you got to talk about this thing that Thank you, you like so much. Thanks. I don't. I honestly didn't hate it. Good. I don't regret watching it. Good. Like it, it make the the music was really fun. Mm-hmm. Good. I am glad you enjoyed that part of it. Sadly, the soundtrack is not was never made commercially available. Oh, shit. That's such garbage, isn't it? They have tried to do a Teen Witch the musical. Uh, I don't know where that's at, but it exists. I don't know if it's in production anywhere, if it has any plans to come to the cities, but I will buy my ticket first thing when it is announced. So, And hey, you know what? You want to remake this movie? I'd say remake it. It's fine. I think you could do this in a really, you know, over-the-top way for a Disney audience today, and that would be fine. I have no problem. Well, I, I would hope that they would still do music if they did. Oh, I feel like they'd have to. Uh, I wanted more stuff with them at the concert. Yeah, that's the weird thing. There's like they introduce this, you know, famous music, like Tiffany like musician. And it's like, oh, she's, you know, right now she's the most popular girl. And, you know, like um, Teen Witch has to get her jacket to cast her final spell. And you're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen with this? But really, they don't do anything with it. Yeah, it's a shame because I liked that yeah. stuff. I mean, she's never going to be the same again. Same again. Yeah. All right. So that was Teen Witch, available on Netflix Instant. We'll take a quick break and come back and talk about The Vovich. Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go on top of that? Such a waste of pretty face, but hanging in your nose face. I wish that you would take a look and really stop that. Stop that. We'll stop that. I don't really give up about trying to top that, top that, stop that. I wish you finally take a real look and really stop that. What's good? Stop that. What's good? Stop that. I don't really give up about trying to stop that. Top that. Big deal. Stop that. Unreal. You can try to, you boo. I will make a fool of you. Top that. <laughs> top that. And now we're going to time travel back to a simpler time when hair was not quite as big or shown because that was probably evil. Yeah, I was going to say, not really around. Not not really allowed to be pretty. Um, If you, well, obviously, if Teen Witch was alive in this movie, she would have been dead immediately because she was a redhead. Yes. So I can't imagine she would have She lasted. wouldn't have been the most popular girl. Well, she, well, exactly. She would have been the most popular dead girl. Yeah. 2015's The Vavitch, a New England folktale, directed and written by Robert Eggers. This is his first full-length feature film. Uh, 
came to the theaters. I was surprised. I thought this would have done better in the theaters. I think it, it's already made its money back. It was one that um, had, I believe, festival releases. I think it was at Sundance. It got picked up there for a, a good price. Um, and I saw the trailer. I think when I saw Crimson Peak, I saw the trailer. And I just thought, whoa, like that. I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, and it came out in the theaters. It's definitely, I think, a lot of like people we talk to have seen it. Um, yeah. But it did not catch on the way I was hoping this would like make a lot of money and then kind of uh, help relaunch this sort of period horror thing. Well, so that didn't happen. Didn't and, seem to, yeah. And the theater I was in, people did not like it. And I was shocked. I had the complete reverse experience. So you went to see it. Um, tell me about your theater experience. And let's say first, we we probably will spoil this because I think you have to talk about the ending to talk about yeah, this movie. I think so. But we'll try to not spoil it until we decide to. Does that work? Or do you just want to say we're just going to spoil? We're going to talk freely about I it. I might accidentally spoil okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I might too. So. All right, folks, we both – I, and, I and what's, what's a spoiler in this and what's not is a little debatable because I tried to know as little as possible going in. Yeah, me too. So a lot of it was a complete surprise to me. Yeah. So to say to people, I, I mean, I heartily recommend going to see this movie and giving it your money so that they make more money movies like this. Uh, so I recommend it. Um, I'm going to say we're going to go into spoiler – We're or at this point, if you haven't seen the movie and want to um, – don't listen like go to the end of the podcast or rewind like five minutes back to where we talk about netflix um yeah. but i don't want to spoil this movie for anybody but i need to talk about it so spoilers are bound tell yeah. me about your theater experience um okay so it was it was a small like it was in a smaller theater and it was not even close to being full like maybe there was one other couple in there when we got there we got there a little early and then maybe like Three or four other sets of people. Mm-hmm. So, like, not a lot. Grown ups, um, like, like our age or teens. Probably our age. You know, maybe a tiny bit younger, but I wouldn't say kids. Okay, or like teenagers by any stretch. Um, so, one pairing got up and left. Wow. Uh, like half hour in. Okay, forty minutes in maybe like didn't didn't even want to give it any more of their time just left everybody else was shifting around mm-hmm. um when it ended uh we just usually sit and wait for like everybody else to clear out so we don't have to like push through people mm-hmm. so we just sat there and um like a, a couple walked by us and, and and the dude was like i can't believe we sat through that whole thing <laughs> and i heard somebody else say like nothing even happened <laughs> And I was like, oh boy, they didn't like it. Yeah. And I had the complete reverse experience and I was shocked. So I went on a, on the Friday that it opened, I went to see it. I went with Brandon, we went with Jason, a bunch of Jason's friends were there. And, um, it was a theater down on 34th street packed theater. I don't know that it was sold out, but it was a pretty full theater and it wasn't one of the giant theaters. It was, you know, one of the mid to small size ones, but still packed. Um, Brandon pointed out, he's like, you know, that was, it wasn't old for a Friday night. It was a little bit older of a crowd. Like mm-hmm. when I'd gone to see Paranormal Activity 
nine or whatever the last one was, uh, there were so many teenagers that it made the movie really hard to watch because you heard kids talking on their phones and texting with their caboodles or whatever kids do these days at the movies. And so, and I had kind of put a bar on myself of saying, I'm not going to the movies at night anymore, but I really wanted to see this in the right setting. And, uh, Pax Theater, pretty, I guess, adult audience for the most part. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time in the post cell phone era of movie experiences where I didn't hear a single cell phone go off. Uh, you could you'd you'd hear like the nervous giggling that you get with that kind of movie. You yeah. hear occasionally you could hear people talking um, to each other and asking questions, like because uh, you. I mean, it's it's the reason I'm sure some people walked out is because it's a hard movie to understand because you have to really listen to the dialogue. Yeah. So I mean, you heard people kind of say like, "What did they say?" like that, and then you heard people say "shh" when they did. Uh, but the energy of that theater. I can't remember the last time I was so excited by the energy of the people around me because you really could feel everybody like holding their breath. And well, that's really cool. Yeah, it was awesome for that. And it was impressive and not something I expected to kind of have the movie hurt for me for for sitting with a bad crowd, but this my crowd bought the movie and I, I'm sure that wasn't the norm. I know some people have said similar things. Some people haven't. Some people have said they had a theater like yours where people were laughing. Uh, when the movie ended, you heard kind of like, again, nervous giggling. Like while I was standing outside waiting waiting for people, like there was a guy that was like out there and he, like, he heard us talking. He's like, did you guys just see The Witch? Okay, let's – let's like, and he want, just wanted to talk about it kind of thing. <laughs> uh, That's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I – was so pleased by the theater experience I had, and I wish that upon more people. I don't know that people will get that. You didn't get that, which saddens me. But no, I think maybe if I had gone and seen it like at, at an at an Alamo, I just mm-hmm. went to a conveniently placed one, uh, movie right, theater right. for myself. Like, and and they were also playing, you know, a, a thousand screens of Zootopia that right, weekend. Right. Like, there wasn't. Oh, I kind of guess I. I get it. And, it. and maybe they were expecting, you know, a paranormal activity ghost dimension type movie. Yeah. And so it, it's fine if your expectations were in the right place and you didn't you didn't know. Oh yeah. It was into. definitely one that you you know, you never want to sell this movie to anybody as oh yeah, no, it's it's really exciting. It's this like it's one of those you have to sell it as it's a slow burn. Yeah. Like and it's more than that. I think it's a it's a very different uh type of slow burn, but you can't have anybody walk into this movie thinking that they're getting um uh trying to think of a good example of I don't know, a Dawn of the Dead or anything that's quick moving. Uh, yeah, you have to pay attention to it, you have to listen to it. You have to be absorbed by it, I think. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to give a quick synopsis, I suppose? Yeah, okay. So a uh, super religious family um, leaves whatever plantation they're living on and um, goes and, like, builds a little farm out in the m- middle of nowhere. a pretty impressive farmhouse. I'll it, give them it that. It really is. Yeah. Like, right, right on the edge of the woods. Like, the dad may be a shitty hunter and farmer, but he was a pretty good bricksman. It it really did look nice. 
Oh, excuse me. You are excused. I'm boring myself. Oh my to gosh. So what, did you just walk out of the Vavitch? I really, I was, an, I was energized after this movie. Me too. I'll more about that later. Mm. So ooh, they built a little farm on the edge of the woods and pretty soon after bad things start happening. Very like, bad things. A baby gets stolen. A baby gets buttered. It's a cute that, baby too. Like It's a cute baby. That baby gets the shit stolen out of it. Like yep. It was like, yoink, no moss baby. Really effective baby stealing mm-hmm. scene. Um, and then other stuff happens and things and intrigue and all stuffs. That's, that's my, that's, that's my, that is pretty much the movie. I uh, mean, because yeah, they're, once they're there, like, it's all just like, yeah, I mean, they are, and it's, it's something I always say about rules to make your horror movie more interesting. There are two things you could do to a movie. You're, you're making a horror movie in 2016. One thing, like I said earlier about Dark Ride, where just don't have your cast be teenagers. Do, like, mm-hmm. the Jim Nickel, Nick DiBici thing, where you cast, like, a mixture of 50-year-olds and 30-year-olds and so on, because that's just more interesting right away. The other thing, hey, you know what? There's a lot of periods of history where things were much harder. And you set your movie in the 17th century, which nobody does, Yeah, you know? Uh, especially... When you really think about it, like, you, I mean, you did have a period in the 70s of Witchfinder General and um, that kind of era of film that was set in Europe at that time. Mm-hmm. But it's, you just don't get enough movies about Puritans. I kind of agree. As much as, like, period pieces bore me a bit, um, not this period. Right. And I get why you wouldn't choose to do it because, you know, like, I mean, again, most people complaints. Yeah, is that they also, if you want to be true to the dialogue, well, people didn't talk the same way back then. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to have to find somewhere to film that, you know, you're going to have to go to the depths of Canada to find a place that looks untouched. Uh, but, man, Puritan life sucks. Uh, when we went to Salem a few years ago, we did like all, you know, all the different tours you do. And this movie is set like 60 years before the Salem witch trials. I think it's set in like Mm -hmm. 1630. And it's when you like learn a little bit about what life was like back then. I mean, it was awful because basically all you did was pray and farm and, uh, not have fun. Um, and you know what? It was even worse if you were a woman because it was, you pray and farm and, uh, know that you are evil and sinful and that yep. you should not enjoy life at all. There's nothing you can do about it either. You just kind of have to like, you just go be with, there it. with it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to farm now. I'm going to help my mother farm until I am of age to get sent to some family somewhere and then married off. And then I become the humorless, uh, unfortunate wife who gets to do the mm-hmm. same thing. And I mean, this movie is gets that and nails that very well because your main character, Thomason, played by Anya Taylor Joy, who is fantastic and really great, so good. And I think this was her first film. I think she had like just turned eighteen when she made this. And you just you have this character who's you know we're drawn to as an audience because we can tell she's there's you know you. You're rooting for her immediately. You're just on her side. 
and you just look at the life she is going to have, and it's going to fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just humorless and colorless and there is no joy and there is no life and there is no fun and you know the men get a little bit more interesting things to do but you know they're constricted as well and for the most part it's just terrible it's just awful man it's just awful like the only fun you're having is you know if you're a goat basically and you're not dying, like you're not being slaughtered for meat. Like that's the only fun. Yeah, you're, the only person only, having fun. I think in this only movie. specific goats. Well, I mean, I, that's, that you're right. That's fair because the other goats in the movie don't fare as well. Yeah, they're not really. Good. You're right. So if you're actually Satan um, disguised as a goat, yes, there that's you go. really Much the only specific. way to live in in uh, Puritan times. <clears throat> um, so you have the parents now, Ralph Innocent, who's. One of those faces that you've seen in everything plays the dad. Yeah, definitely did. And he's great. And I, what I like is that um, they don't make the dad into an easy villain. Mm-hmm. It would have been so easy to make the father oh, totally. this religious tyrant who rules over his family. And it's so much more interesting because he's not. Uh he is constricted by being a Puritan and being a man of faith, but he is also kind of weak and not that good at some things. Yeah. And there's a that great moment where the daughter calls him on it and says, all you can do is chop wood. Basically says, you are, you are not man enough to take care of this family. But it's it just makes – it would have been so easy to simplify these characters – uh, and he doesn't do that. And I mean, yeah. the, the mother is, is played by Kate Dickey, who has the kind of face that if you're making a Puritan movie, you are casting this woman. Yeah, I she was actually probably my favorite character, yeah. just because I found her the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, like easy easy to have villainized her, but no, I mean she she is a mother and she misses her son and loves her children and has started to suspect something and needs to start taking sides. And mm-hmm. yeah. And I like that this actress seems, um, uh, fated to always have weird breastfeeding scenes. Yeah. <laughs> on Game of Thrones. She's play, play, plays Liza on Game of Thrones, Liza Arian, who breastfeeds her like nine year old son. So <laughs> when you need a weird breastfeeder, call. Kate I Dickey. guess so. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's like on her resume. Oh. <laughs> uh, and you also the other real main character that you get is the younger brother, the the second eldest in the family, yes, Caleb, who is also amazing. That little actor is very good. Uh, Harvey Scrimshaw is his name, which does not sound like the name of a little boy. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> One day it will suit him very well. This is my son. He's trying out for little league. His name is Harvey Scrimshaw. Like, hard to to picture a Harvey Scrimshaw playing kickball. But, uh, yeah, yeah, this, I guess, was his second film. The other one I'd never heard of, so I don't know if it was, like, a real movie or not. But he's really good. Really, really great. And again, like, the relationship between him and Thomason, I think, is is really nice. Because they they care about each other, and they take care of each other. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear from the beginning that they just... 
you know, and Thomason even says something later to the twins, basically like, oh, I would, I would never hurt Caleb. And you got the feeling she would hurt the twins, but yeah, like she, she just has this very deep bond with her brother and they don't need to hammer it in, but the brother who's probably supposed to be about 12, maybe that's kind of what I got too. Uh, and early on in the movie, you see they're all, you know, they all sleep in this tiny little room in this pretty impressive farmhouse and he catches sight of her cleavage and you could see like, okay, there's, that's all they need to do to give you this one little thing to say, oh, right. Cause he's a 12 year old boy and he's, this is the only woman he's going to see for a very long time. Ex- exactly. See the real villain of this piece is religion because oh, yeah. it's religion's fault that he was ever even in the position to sexualize his yes. sister because there was no one else around. Right. So my theater really had a problem with the slight shades of incest, even though they were completely realistic, yep. not offensive, and just, like, I don't know. Like, it really it really heightened the realism of the situation. Yeah. And it and, just gave this this relationship that one little push to say, like, okay... I get it. There's there is some feelings here. Yeah. Also, his mother was clearly very withholding as well. Right. Um, so yeah, but yeah, they they were great, and that that little boy was amazing. And yeah. I will say that religion is the villain of the piece. Um, and, uh, probably like eight more times. So yeah. Oh no, no, no. I I do not disagree at all. Uh, it's you know they are. Uh, and I mean, what it does with religion, and the. One of the interesting things that comes up with a movie like this is when you have a movie that's about, especially when you're when you're dealing so kind of specifically with New England, yeah. right? The idea of when you're dealing with this thing that this awful thing that happened in the 17th century, where people were killed, were murdered, and their lives ruined because because of this idea of witchcraft and false accusation and all that. Mm-hmm. That when you say, "Oh no, but there really was a witch." I think there are some people out there that kind of feel like that is a really negative thing to do and that that's crossing a line and kind of giving then because you're almost giving some justification to these awful things that happened. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And it's why um, for the for the longest time I had problems with the movie Hocus Pocus because really? it's so specifically about Salem. Yeah. And they say these were witches who were executed in Salem, but actually they are evil witches who want to eat your children. Yes. That that like movie kind of to me feels a little bit um, in poor taste for that reason. Uh, with this movie, however, it it doesn't feel, you know, I don't, A, it's not grounded specifically in any, you know, it says it's kind of based on different historical takes, but it's not based on this family who went through this and it's not giving like it's not purporting to be real in that way and it's not using this real life tragedy to kind of purge entertainment i guess um it's also interesting too because similar to the point that you just made like i don't not to say that i know a lot about salem witch trials but i mean i know enough and it's interesting to frame that knowledge against what this what happens in this movie because there's a part of me and i don't know maybe i'm going a little too far too quick but that there's a part of me that thinks maybe a lot of this didn't happen huh 
<laughs> I think I like, think one could see it that way. I feel like it totally I, did. I I mean I think I think it did too. But there is a part of me that like can read it that way a, a bit. Like you know, in the 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 Salem witch trial uproar, a lot of it came from like a bunch of little girls deciding to lie, right, and because they were so repressed and bored and, and bored uptight, and, and it was suddenly the only way they were getting attention in, from people in power. And those twins were bored and yep. uh, f- had just been upheaved yep. and had no outlet. So, and it really started with with them and their their big big lies. Yeah. And when Thomason kind of just is fed up and says to them, "Yes, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm a witch." It's yeah. it's so different for her to say that because she is vulnerable because she is perceived as you know she is not. This innocent child, she's perceived as that exact age when you are not innocent anymore. Yeah. Uh, and now that's a big question is with the twins, because, you know, we learn as, as towards the end, like, oh, no, that goat really was motherfucking Satan. Uh, was the, do you think, and I don't know, I haven't thought hard enough about it because I keep going back and forth. Now, do you think the twins were talking to Black Phillip, that he was talking to them, that the accusations they were making was because he was kind of putting things in their ear? Or do you think, no, they were just pure innocent and, you know, Thomason was a target the whole time? I, geez, I don't know. Uh, either, both? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those things that when I will I don't know if it matters. This, like, you can think yeah. about it both ways, and it's it's equally... And then also, did the goat... Was the goat actually even the fucking devil? Because she... Okay, everybody. Spoilers and stuff. We're, so yeah. she... So, like, her whole family's fucking dead. And, and she goes into her house, and she, like, puts her head down on a table. And then it goes black. And then you get that reveal. Look, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying it's fun to think about. I can that see that. Being real at all. Now, what do you think happened to the twins? That was my I, one I problem. I really don't know. Yeah. I do not like that they didn't really give you a solid answer or show you their bodies or or what. And, I mean, I've asked around and nobody's given me a solid answer on that. But I do ask that question, What? where are the twins at the end of this movie? Yeah, I thought that too. I did wonder. For such a tight, specific movie, I was surprised, and I'm still trying to figure out why he left that thread not solved, really. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I missed something. I There's a lot to take in, so I don't know. Yeah. The um, question of the whether or not... Cause the whole when they're accusing Thomason, like when it gets down to the wire and Caleb is, you know, having his religious moment and is dying, and the twins start saying they can't pray because Thomason's bewitching them. Yeah. It's I kind of love and I, I don't know if I need an answer because it's such a fun question to ponder. Is mm-hmm. can they really not pray because at this point they are bewitched by Black Philip? Is that part of the is part of the magic of this devil or the real evil 
not him possessing people and making them do things, but planting these seeds of doubt and accusation. Is that really what the devil does? Or are they just fucking playing and it's just one of those pranks that just keeps going like in the crucible where no shit happens. It just how quickly things can escalate. Any, all three scenarios I think are really interesting and open up all these other questions in themselves. Yeah. I don't, I didn't think that, see, I guess you could kind of draw like a, a line that, or connect the dots and form the picture of how, what I really think this movie was about because I didn't think the twins were faking. Mm, okay. So I guess there, therein lies my answer about do I really right, when believe When I was watching it, it I thought they were. Uh, yeah. I thought they were just kids tr- still trying to get attention and this, you know, they knew this was, this was something you do. You say, oh, I can't pray because the devil's here because that's what everybody knew. Uh, but once the movie ended and you find out that Black Phillip was the goat, I started thinking, oh, maybe he really was. Be- maybe they were yeah. blocked from praying then. I don't know. Again, either one is still really interesting. No, it's true. No matter how you choose to read the situation, it, yeah. it doesn't change, you know, the way you can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the ending, which this I have to say to me, this was the happiest ending of a horror movie that I've ever seen. Oh my god, I got chills. I have never ended a dark movie like this that gets pretty damn dark. And as soon as it ended, I turned to Brandon and I said, good for her. Yep. I just, I'm like, that That was the most feel-good horror movie of, of the last 10 years. Yep. Uh, I, I was so happy. I got fucking chills. Yeah. I was like, this, I'm like, yeah, this is what you do. You right. go be a witch. Not even a question. Do you like butter? Yes. I mean, for you, maybe it would have to be gluten-free butter or like dairy-free yeah, butter. But still, true. like, do you like soy butter? Or can you eat soy? You can eat soy. I can't eat God soy. damn it. What can you eat, woman? It, like a coconut spread. Okay. Do you like coconut <laughs> spread? Yeah. Do you want to wear frilly things and eat coconut spread? Like, look, it was fucking badass. They were all badass. That whole scene, even when he was, even when Black Phillip slash the devil slash a guy you didn't really ever see. Again, you could have not really happened, but him. whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Even when he was offering her shit, I was like, uh-huh, this is yes. happening, and it's yes. awesome. Take it. Take and the then, butter. And then it was like all these crazy, naked, badass chicks not being oppressed and, and, yeah. and upset and shit. And, and so I was like, yeah, obviously, this is what you do. This is what's happening, and it's amazing, and a hundred times yes. But then Zach was like, but like, what about... Like, all the bad stuff that would happen. And I said... As opposed to what? I said, I don't know. The other stuff didn't look too good to me. Yeah. There was no joy in this girl's life. There was no joy to be found. The best she could have hoped for, aside from not starving to death in the middle of the woods, would be to shuffle back to town and find a family to take her in Mm -hmm. where she would continue to milk goats and eventually marry a man and have babies and hope they didn't kill her and milk more goats yeah look i'm right there with you yeah uh and it's why and it's what's interesting is i know there are there was there were some people that were saying like oh so it turns out women really are evil it's like no no it turns out the only way to have any I mean, it's not even evil. It's basically like 
Well, yeah, and this this society has made, mm-hmm. has forced women, and I mean men too in this movie, they're forced into very specific gender roles, but this society has forced women into these absolutely joyless lives, and yeah, the only way to get out of it is to sell your soul to the devil, and this movie presents it as... And you get butter. It's not that bad. Yeah, it really, it really didn't seem like a bad, a bad rub. Like there was a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting gender stuff with with her and the brother, um, with her and the mother. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, There's this. You know, there's just clearly Thomason is at the age where you are supposed to send your daughter away. mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and again, the movie doesn't doesn't ever do anything to suggest that the father has eyes for his daughter. And I think a less subtle movie would have done that so easily. Mm -hmm. But you just sense that the mother must be feeling this. The mother must be seeing my daughter has turned out to be very beautiful. Yeah. This is dangerous to my son. It's dangerous to my husband. And it's, it's almost more kind of her, you know, the mother kind of, turning it than it ever actually being a, a threat but it is just and i mean little yeah. by little in the movie i mean you know thomason is covered up completely in the movie she wears a bonnet you see you know two strands of her hair and little by little you see more hair as the movie goes on mm-hmm. and it's until the very end when you she gets to take her bonnet off and she has beautiful daryl hannah like mermaid dresses she really does. It was a lot longer than I expected. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not like you need to cut it. It's easier to put back when longer it is sometimes. It's true. Uh, and the... Uh, it, it's funny, because Brandon actually did not like the ending. He was like... He just really? felt like it kind of went into this sort of... Le- like He didn't like that it ended with this sort of Lords of Salem-esque witch dance, I guess. Hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I could see somebody saying, hey, you know, he could have ended the movie a minute earlier he could have ended it with her walking into the woods he could have ended it with her reaching the fire like but it, it, for me it worked for me oh, i for me i love worked. that the last shot of this movie was not and the movie doesn't like there's there's nudity but it's not by any means um exploiting nudity it's just I didn't, it wasn't leering you don't actually or, see it yeah. you just see she's walking into the woods nude but you're not you don't see really nudity yeah and for the last shot to be her orgasming just out of joy in life i'm i'm cool with that oh i liked it a lot Mm. uh did it scare you no okay why did it scare you it um yeah the religion the blind adherence to religion scared me um well, that's the, what I remember we went to Salem. I just kept saying, like, my God, thank God I didn't, or, you know, thank whatever I didn't grow up then. Not oh. just because it would have been miserable, but they would have just killed me. I was useless. I can't sew. I can't farm. I can't cook that stuff. I can't oh, I would have been dead real, real fast. Yeah. I have a big mouth. I have often tried to figure out, I'm like, I maybe if I was lucky, I could have been the bar wench that everybody thought was a witch and then eventually hung like that's what my fate would have been mm-hmm. um but while i was what this was a movie that um uh i'm trying to think of a good like uh, martyrs is one that just comes to mind of a movie that i was so i don't know what's gonna happen next that in a way i didn't get to like 
fully experience it the same way I will when I rewatch it eventually. Yeah. Because you really, and that's the beauty of this movie, you have no fucking idea where it's going. Exactly. I think the second time around would be a, a It's going to be a very experience. different experience the second time yeah. around. Uh, I mean, this movie had... I and again, I just I loved that watching this movie, you could feel the theater holding its breath, mm. uh, and so there were moments like that. And we didn't, we haven't talked about it, but the fucking music in this movie. Oh yeah, really great. This my favorite score since Under the Skin, and before that, I don't, I don't even know what it would have been. Uh, just a soundtrack that's angry violins and all this terrifying instrumental, and there's the this, the Coral voices always freaks me out. Mm-hmm. I'm just an easy mark for that. And just when the, the very opening scene when they're going into the woods and the music is just violins and voices and you're like, oh my God, something fucking dude's going down oh, here. It's really, so, that, yeah, the music was very unnerving. Yeah. So it like in a me, great way. Yeah. For those reasons, it, it like sucked me. It, it, there were moments when I was holding my breath and moments where I was tensed up. It didn't ultimately... You know, the big scene, the big kind of spurts of violence and weirdness, it was more, I was got almost at that point, that was less interesting to me than the tension building up to it. Yeah. Like when it cuts to the crow f- breastfeeding, it was kind of like, oh, like in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's fucked up. And then I hear the entire audience go, oh my God, blah, blah. so it, it was a case where the audience reaction did something different for the movie than it had I, than I had just been watching it on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I so, would like to see it again. Yeah, I really I, I, I need this to is see one it that like I really hope it comes out with a commentary and a making of because like they hand sewed a lot of those clothes and yeah, like just the idea of this fairly young cast having to learn that dialogue like that in itself is worth a fifteen-minute special feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait to see what Robert Eggers does next. I hope he stays in this kind of you know i don't want him to only make puritan films uh but i really hope he keeps making these sort of historically based movies i just think more people should be doing that you want your film to stand out do something different this was different it was really different and for me it was really different and 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 all the the most positive ways like it wasn't like i don't feel like it's set it out to be different right like there anybody was like let's do something shocking it it never felt like that to me it just felt like this was this was the thing that got made and this is the yeah. only thing it could have ever been and i think i mean this it, was and that's great yeah. the ultimate story was an ultimate theme was this is about how fucking messed up puritans and overt christianity is yeah. and and it is ultimately an inc- – I, I mean, I took it as an incredibly feminist film. Yeah, uh, me too. I don't really buy the argument say, against it, saying it's kind of purporting that women are evil. I don't think that's what it's about. I think evil in this movie is not – it is in some ways what we think of when we think of Satan and witches. But I think the movie presents it in a way where you see that that ain't bad. <laughs> that that's mm-hmm. the right choice to make yeah uh, yeah it's it's uh, i i want to see it again i because really there's this big part of me that that is just wants to like go buck wild with 
that none of it actually happened. But I, I really, I, I really think it did, and I wanna, I wanna believe that that she was happy and got to be, <laughs> got to be an awesome witch. Oh no, I think this was the again the happiest ending of a movie I have seen in recent years. Yeah. Very happy with it. Very yeah. curious what uh what I'm glad you thought. I'm glad you had that I'm glad you had that reaction too because I I was like goosebumps. Like if I could have fist pumped I would have. Yeah, and it's one that grew on me. Like I liked it when I saw it. There were things I loved about it. And when it ended, I was kind of I'm like, okay, I'm like very happy with the ending, but the more I'm like, okay, it wasn't as scary as I wanted it to be based on that trailer. Yeah. Um but, you know, let me, and then I, since, like, really by the next day, the more I started thinking about it, the more I'm like, fuck yeah, this movie. It grew on yeah. me the more I thought about it. Uh, and I'm, yeah. And I'm happy the to more see I, that. The more that. I talked about it, I liked it. The more I liked yep. it, too. Especially, and the more you start yeah. defending it, in a way, I think, the more you kind of grow to yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, you about ready to rate it? Oh, no. Is it time to... Unless I was going to say, is it time to rate it? Do you have more to say? I don't, oh, I have, I don't know. I have a lot to say. I mean, I guess I'm just going to talk in circles and repeat myself if I, if I talk about it more though. Like I liked it a lot. It was really good. It was so different, but just like, like not, not different to be a jerk if that right. makes and, any sense and I mean, like, it's, look how different I can be. Yeah. It's one thing. Anybody could have made a horror movie set in Puritan, New England. But yeah. it's it's not just that it's set in Puritan New England. It's that it's telling this very fascinating kind of daring story about <laughs> what that means and what it means to be a woman in this time and you know, what is what is evil and what is what is the right choice and yeah. So dig it. Yeah. It very good, and now I have to rate it. I don't know what I'm gonna give it. So right. this is a quality of film, um, I'll go first if it makes you feel better. Yeah, go for it. We'll probably be close, though. I think we will. I think quality film, I'm just going to go solid eight. Yeah. I think there's so much good filmmaking in this. Uh, Yeah. yeah. 8.5 for me. Good for you. Uh, Enjoyment of life and stuff. I liked it a lot. Oh, this is so hard. Go first. (laughs) Uh, I'll go 8.5. That score could change as, um, as I actually, as again, as I rewatch it. I think I think it will go up in time, but I just yeah. really enjoyed the experience of watching this movie, and then the experience of having it in my arsenal to discuss. Eight point seven five. Good for you. Because I wanted to go higher, but I feel like I need to. I need to see it again. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, all right, yeah. I can't wait for the DVD. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, so everybody should go see it if you can. Uh, give it your money. This movie deserves your money. Your money isn't that important. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Okay. Uh, so, do and you... honestly, if you can't get to it in the theater, oh, I was just going to say, if you can't get to it in the theater, that's okay. I don't think it needs to be experienced in the theater. Right. I think this, so long as when you eventually watch it, you turn out the lights and watch it uninterrupted. And give it your full attention. Yeah, this yeah. is an atmosphere movie. This is a movie that you can't watch in three parts or watch on your commute to work. Uh, this is a it is a Saturday night, and we're going to turn the lights out, and we're going to have a glass of wine, and we're going to watch this movie. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, hearty recommend from both of us. Definitely. All right. So do you have a Netflix recommend? We're at that point of the show where we give Netflix recommends. I do. Yay. Uh, um, I ha- I actually have one. What might it be? Um, it's um, a movie that I kind of picked on a whim. Um, it's a Kristen Wiig movie called Welcome to Me. Oh, I've heard good things about it. No, I really liked it. So she is a, a um, she's struggling with some mental health issues in this in this movie, and she wins the lottery. And um, it is really upsetting and sweet and genuine and upsetting and funny. Hmm. Um, it's I've, yeah, really I've, good. I've heard it spoken well about, but I just haven't had a, a chance. Is it on? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's a, it's it's streaming. Okay, and it it I'm not going to be really depressed watching it. No, I don't okay. think so. I mean, there's a, some sadder things, but it's it really strikes a balance with like the the humor. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I'll give it a go. Uh, my Netflix instant recommend is actually courtesy of you and your mom. You should. Uh, so my recommend, both you Ooh. and your mother recommended this one. Oh this, no! This is um. Well, you talk, I think it was your recommend last time. Uh, this is Dark Was the Night. My my mom loves this movie. She does, and you liked it too. I thought I did like it. I did like it a lot. Yeah, I, uh, I think you'll like it too. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, that's why it's my recommend. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so tired. I did like so it. I, see, you did like it. I, I did right. enough I'm to tired. recommend it. Um, <laughs> I forgot why we were talking. About <laughs> we're just gonna start talking about movies now. So, what do you think of Donald Trump? I don't know. I thought uh, we were just talking about it. Oh, we were because so you recommended you it, and then it's uh, good, right? Yeah, and your mom was like really pushing it. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. And it was. It was it's just really a good. solid movie. Kevin Durand is great, and I want to see him be the lead in more stuff. Um, I like that it was kind of this small town and like they have a dude who's, who's you think is going to be the jerk, but he's not the jerk. Yeah. Like he uh-huh. reforms and uh, Nick Dimitri was in it. And I love seeing Nick Dimitri and stuff. Uh, I he's, liked the creature jerk, yeah. when you finally see the creature, but I'm like, okay, I yep. dig it. Um, yeah. Just a solid little B monster flick. So hmm? give it a go. I say uh, it is definitely yeah, your turn. Definitely not, not what I expected. I yeah. Started- Far better than than it could have been. Uh, yeah. Now your turn to pick the movies next week, without question. Ooh. All on you. Can I can I have time? You can have time, but I'm just saying okay. next week is going to be your or next show is going to be your fault because I cool. have fault for this this show. So uh, we will inform everybody what those decisions are on the Facebook page once we decide that. Uh, All right, I'll have to pick something extra mean. Extra mean. Um, you, Christine, how else you gonna top that? Atop that. Guess on that note, we should be done. Ugh, gross. Bye, folks. Yes. <laughs>